been able to participate in one of these events. I have been in a number of others. And they always work well. Good people behind there. This was, without a doubt, the most incredible session I've ever been in. <laughs> and I don't know if you, I don't know if anybody's ever lived in a fishbowl. But if you haven't been to the Capitol, the House floor is surrounded above on three sides by a balcony with people up there with lenses about as long as my leg. And about the time you realize, okay, I'm not going to look up there, I'm not going to look up there, you look over the side where the door is to get to the privy, and there's somebody there with one on a tripod. <laughs> and he's watching you pick your nose or some silly thing like that. You just wait for the papers to come out with dread. But at any rate, um, about a month and a half ago or so, I found myself in Casper at a forum for, I think there were eight to ten legislators there. And the question was asked, what is the greatest threat to the state of Wyoming? And they started down the table, similar to what we've done here, and they came to me. And my answer was apathy. Voter apathy. You see somebody's name there, it's got an R. Check them off, they must be a good guy, and you go back to business. And then you wonder why we're in the mess we're in. Are we in a mess? We'll get into that in a minute. But I think we are. That's, this was supposed to be my retirement years. I was going to go enjoy myself a little bit, do some fishing, not prospect, right? Well, I went to Cheyenne. Hear a lot about uh, $1.4 billion saved. That's pretty significant. An example of voter apathy, and in fact, an example of a lack of curiosity on the part of the press, is my obvious next question. What does that mean to me? You say $1.4 billion. How does that... How, what's our share? The answer is about $65 million a year. Well, that's pretty significant. $65 million a year could have been perpetuum that no other legislator could ever touch, but we, we split that uh, $1.4 in a couple ways. We put some in a permanent pot that we can't touch, and some of it we put in a pot that we can touch. Now, we did that to raise the volume of the, the amount of cash in there so that we'd get a better return on our investment, and that was the choice that, that won out. But you know what else we did besides saving $1.4 billion? And, Realizing an interest off of that of 65 million, we spent almost half a billion dollars. Now, about a year ago, we just did a budget that was supposed to be good for two years. We didn't have to spend a dime. We didn't have to. But we spent almost a half a billion dollars. And some of that was one-time spending. But about 110, 112, somewhere in there, a million of that is perpetual. It goes on forever and ever. You know what that's like? That's like getting a $65 a month raise and then going out and running up the credit card and having a $112 bill forever. You don't read that in the papers. The way the game works, along about July, I think it is, the governor sits down and he talks to all of his agencies, and he comes up with a proposal. 
Now this is a little bit like haggling for a used car. So the governor makes a proposal to the, to the legislature. This is our budget. And he knows that they're going to go in and cut it. That's what we do. So he, he, he highballs it. Um, I, I need 700000 so I'll ask for a million. And then the, the legislature comes along, and we get to cut it and say, see how effective we were. We cut the budget. We did a great job. And everybody's happy, right? Not necessarily. I'm just calling it like I see it. So the 67th legislature came along, and i got to tell you, I'm, I'm very proud of the people that are there. There's not a person on that floor that I can't go up to and shake their hand and have a nice conversation with and enjoy working with them. But we come from different ideals. We come from different worldviews, a little bit different perspective. And I'm not going to say that mine is better than everybody else's, even though I know it is. <laughs> but the important part of what I'm trying to get to is you know where you stand. You know what's important to you. Do you know how you're being represented? There's a, there's a page out there called a uh, wildleg.gov. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to go into that, look up your representative, even if it's me. Look at the issues. You can scroll down and look at all the bills. Look at the issues that are important to you. See how you're represented. And then make a decision accordingly. And I can tell you what we discovered as we went on that the House, and I'm, I'm going to leave the Senate to the guys from the Senate to talk about, but in the House, it's just about evenly split. If you go through the budget, House Bill 1, you pull up that bill, and you hit a little tab on there that says Digest, and you look down and you start looking at all the votes. 26, 36, 26, 36, 36, 26, 26, 26, 26. It varied a little bit. We picked up one or two. And these are amendments, and they're talking about are we going to spend more money or are we going to put more money away? And virtually invariable, 26 of us said, let's just save it. And 36 said, no, let's spend some. Whatever you believe, you go check and see what you think. This was an interim budget. We didn't have to spend a dime. Yeah, there's a, there was a lawsuit against the Wyoming school system that said that we, they weren't adequately funded. If you look at school spending in Wyoming, Wyoming schools are terrifically funded, even when we had to cut them a little while back. And they start, they start screaming and say, well, you're not obeying the model. Well, you're not, the schools aren't obeying the model either. You would think that in a conservative state like Wyoming, it would be a slam dunk to get porn out of schools. Nope, it's hard to do. You would think that we would be opposed to the sexualization of kids teaching little kindergartners in third grade about all sorts of sex. You'd think it'd be a slam dunk to get that out of the schools. Nope. Couldn't get that done. Chemical abortions. Do you know that something like 60% of the abortions in Wyoming are chemical abortions? I read just this week six different articles that talked about guys, whether they be a boyfriend or husband, slipping an abortion pill into the drink of their significant other. One guy went so far as to put it into the hotcakes. 
That's pretty desperate. Okay, I just got a couple minutes left. Do you think it'd be easy to get red flag laws? Gun-free zones? Nope, couldn't even get them out of committee. This is the gun-totenest place in the world. It ought to be a slam dunk. Couldn't do it. Maybe that's your value. Maybe you, you think that that's fine. Then you should be happy. House Bill 152. All these votes, 3626, are a derivation. No close to that. Uh, pretty consistent. House Bill 152, life begins at conception. Man, it was good to get that in there. It was also good to say that abortion is not health care. And we got that in there. And you would think that this being a God-fearing, the governor would just jump right on that and sign it right away. It's been sitting on his desk for two weeks. He's got until Saturday. He can let it go into pass or he can veto. Uh, a lot of those things are very important. I want to talk for just in the last minute. You gave me how many minutes? Two? <laughs> I want to talk about this property tax thing. Um, we found ourselves on the House floor one of the very last days, sitting there saying, you know what, we've had all these things, we haven't done anything. Originally, we had a resolution in the House that was going to create a fourth bracket. So you'd have residential would be split out into primary residence, and if you had income properties or commercial properties and all, all the different, as, as is laid out in the Constitution, three different brackets. So we wanted to add another one. I'll stop in a minute. We wanted to add another one so that we could give folks at own home a little bit of a break. And that's an admirable thing. One of the things that's important about taxes is that they should be fair and even for everybody. I voted no against that resolution when it came back. Originally, there was another resolution from the Senate that came over to the House came over to the House and it said, uh, we're going to give a tax break to the elderly and the infirm. Okay, I'm not particularly fond of just picking out one small portion or one segment of society and saying, okay, you get a break and everybody else got to carry the weight. But we, we couldn't decide what, meant, what elderly meant. We couldn't decide what infirm meant. So we changed it ever so slightly to say, let's have four kinds of tax. <laughs> they completely rewrote it with an amendment, which is not germane, it shouldn't happen at all, but it did happen. Yes, I see the sign, and I'll stop in a second. Please forgive me. So what we're going to do now is we're going to put it out to you voters and say, if you would like to have four classes. That way we can say, your residential property, we're going to give you a little tax break. You over here, you own four or five homes, six homes investment property. You're going to go ahead and pay the full price. In fact, we got to make up for that, so we'll probably add a little bit to your taxes, okay? We already heard some people from the House floor. Steve Harshman stood up and said, we're going to avoid giving a tax break to the rich. But what happens? company that I am a partner in owns a number of rental properties. We're not going to eat that tax. We pass it on to whoever's leasing that property. So this is a tax on the people that can lease 
afford it. And we're trying to pass it off to you as, look how great we are, we finally did some reform. That's not reform. That's a lie. Thank you for your attention.